Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Wednesday, July 26, 2023, and I'll be right back. All right. Well, we can try that again now that my light is on. Hello, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Wednesday, July 26, 2023, and this is episode 474 of the Lots Project podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. And it's another Coffee with Brian, Wednesday morning. How is everyone doing this morning? What do we got in the cup? What is in the cup today? We have uh, some more of that Brian's blend. <coughs> Brian's blend, bless you, dear. Brian's blend from Food Forest Farms. Uh, it's fantastic. It's his, uh, it's his signature blend, I would say. Obviously, with his name in the title, Old Brian Norton over at Food Forest Farms. He worked forever on this blend, finally came up with it, and it is definitely a winner. So I enjoy every time it is in my C4 box on the way uh, on the way every month for my coffee purchase. And when there's a Brian's blend in there, it's always a good month. So if you want to check out Brian's blend, head over to foodforestfarms.com and check it out. You can find it there. You can also find all the specialty blends that Brian's come up with for the Lots Project and Baby Walter and Company. So foodforestfarms.com. You can also find the link in the, the episode description blog post I do every day where I note what I was drinking. And uh, that will be a link right over to the Food Forest Farms site if you want to check it out. Morning, Canadian Farmstead. How we doing? Hope you're having a great morning. How's it going up in Canada? What do you got for temps up there? I saw the Toolman's group uh, yesterday. They were uh, posting that it was 44 Celsius uh, up by them. Was that like 111 degrees in the in the plains of Alberta? And uh, that was one of the reasons we got the hell out of Minnesota was dealing with the extreme highs and also the extreme lows so the negative 30s in uh the negative 30s in winter and um and then the the super high humid 90s hundreds in the in the summer so so it's great temps this part of canada you're over in ontario is that uh do i recall that right i think uh most of those guys are over alberta saskatchewan and uh you were over on the other side so that's cool that's cool uh, that was north of where I grew up. Well, I guess Ontario is absolutely enormous, so I can't say that. It's a, it was north of where I grew up, just generally north, not uh, not either direction, east or west. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, anyway, what are we talking about today? We have um, uh, talking about our fix-it list for the camper from our road trip. It has been a rough one for sure. Uh, there was some stuff on the list before we took off that uh, just ended up not getting done. It was prioritized out of what needed to be done to hit the road. And then since we've been on the road, we have uh, definitely come up with some things that needed to be fixed and also broken some things. So going to hit that list today. And then if we have time, I'm going to get down to some observations we made about the dogs uh, at one of our stops. And right now uh, they're going, it's going a little insane for some reason this morning. I don't know. Some days they sleep uh, from six to seven, sometimes they are running around like fools. And what's that? Oh, it's because it's cold in here. Oh, it's cold in here. I guess they need to stay warm. It's the only reason it's cold in here is because of them. And they're going to act like little assholes when it's cold. Imagine that. Imagine that. So Gideon Farm said it's high of 30 C today. I've, I, I don't know. Is that like 80? 85? Fahrenheit. I don't know. I can't do the conversion. You Canadian guys must be all smarter than us Americans because you seem to be able to do it on the fly. Uh, they never teach us. The, the We never go back and forth enough to get that conversion down. I don't know. 30C. <laughs> Sounds cold. Oh, man. It's uh, five minutes. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> 
Uh, it's about five in. Let's uh, let's get going towards that perfect cup question. It'll be a short one this morning. Good morning over in Telegram group. Rachel, how are we doing? I see you popping over there. Just happened to catch the message. It was up on my phone and I saw it. I usually don't have the Telegram chat up, but thanks for watching over on Telegram. Uh, perfect cup this morning. Be a short one. It'll be a short one for sure. I uh, only had a few people weigh in. I wasn't sure how the question would go over or... Um... <laughs> oh, Canadian Farm said, yeah, I don't disagree with you that uh, that Celsius, uh, the centigrade temperature scale doesn't make more sense than the Fahrenheit for sure. Uh, zero as, as freezing, 100 as boiling. I mean... It's almost like the metric system uh, too, you know, that uh, that zeros and uh, tens, 10 based measurement system might have made sense. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm with you. So it's just what I grew up with, man. It was what I was told to use and everything we were handed. It had that on it. So I apologize for being a stupid American. I apologize. Uh, anyway, the perfect cup question today, probably a short one, probably a short one because uh, yeah, it just it was one of those questions that could have went either way. It could have had a lot, a ton of involvement or uh, very little. And yeah, as it turned out, it was very little. So let's get to that and then roll into the history segment and uh, and away with the show. All right, it's time for the 128th edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and, and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram channel at t.me slash lots chat. That's t.me slash lots feed. Excuse me. If you want to join the chat, that's lots chat. Uh, that's just a little chat room that we have over on Telegram. But the, the question gets posted every day in the channel, which is t.me slash lots feed. Or you can find it scattered around social medias. I post it on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, MeWe, and Noster. Find it there, answer, but uh, answer at your own risk as I don't get notifications all the time and find them after after the show. Good morning, Rachel, over on YouTube now. Thanks for popping over here. I appreciate it very much. Uh, perfect cup question of the day today is... What are three words that describe you best and why? What are three words that describe you best and why? It was uh, it was a long shot. I wasn't sure how many people would roll into that question, but uh, we threw it out there and uh, got a little bit, bit of response. So let's go through those right now. And if anybody drops anything in the video comments while we're doing it, I can uh, hit those up too. But let's start with me. I, uh, I, I thought about this and trying to figure out three words, <coughs> three words that uh, describe me. And I came up with uh, learning, evolving, and giving. Uh, and why? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious learning is because that's all I, I try to do. I try to learn something at least every day. If not uh, multiple things, a little bit. I don't ever think that I'm mastering anything in a day. But uh, if something is is uh, evolving and learning, and that leads into the second one, evolving is uh, me. I, I really dedicated myself to trying to be a better person, trying to work on myself and uh, improve myself through learning, but also through understanding uh, who I am and uh, and what makes me. Uh, what makes me that way and, and how to make myself a better person. So uh, always evolving, trying to be a better person and giving uh, my whole life. I've been uh, the giver person uh, in relationships, in, uh, in, at work and things like that. Always, um, always lean towards that giving instead of taking. So those are mine, evolving, learning and giving. Let's hit the, the audience. Micah weighed in and said, friends know me. I think that had uh, had the explanation enough right in the words. Sorry, guys. Thirsty this morning. Got a little bit of a chest thing going on, too. I don't know. Maybe it's COVID. Who knows? But uh, been cold in the camper. We've had to keep the air on quite a bit because it's warm here. And uh, something's setting in my chest. And so... Making my mouth dry and needed to sip that coffee. But uh, anyway, Micah says, friends know me. And yeah, that pretty much explains itself. 
Pip weighed in and said, Gur damn it, Pippin. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, interesting. And he said, it's a saying when I make a logical, solid point against someone's emotional current state. And then he says, my best, my three words that best describe, er, that best describe just about everyone else would be what the f- what the F-U-A-A. I tried to make the noise. It's uh, He's a mainly because it can be used in such different ways. The driver's going 58 and a 70 in the left lane. What the fuck? Uh, parts puller left a tailgate in front of the forklift path. What the fuck? Uh, and cat turns from wanting scratches to a ninja and wildly claws your arms. What the fuck, you asshole cats? Uh, yeah, yeah, what the fuck? It describes everybody uh, that I've seen lately. Uh, it's either it's either a uh, inquisitive look at to what they're doing or just uh, shaking my head and asking myself, what the fuck? <laughs> Canadian Farmstead weighed in and he said, uh, dependable, amicable, and an introvert. Um, and I bet I accidentally deleted the T or failed to copy, copy and paste that T over. I'm guessing that's introvert. Um, yeah, I think we've all, all kind of talked about those things, um, in the chat amongst each other. And we recognize those qualities in most everyone in the group, at least the dependable and amicable, uh, the introvert, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us like our, uh, our solitude. I don't necessarily think. I think the word introvert uh, is is taken a um, taken that uh, that generalized meaning as like OCD when people would be like, "Oh, I'm o- I'm so OCD." Well, I mean, you think you are introvert um, just because you don't want to hang out with stupid people uh, or be around the societal masses that uh, that make your IQ drop when you're just in the midst doesn't mean you're necessarily an introvert. Uh, I, I found myself uh, realizing that I'm not necessarily as much of an introvert as I thought when I get around like-minded people, when I get around people that aren't the general society, aren't that normal um, normal mentality that's out there right now. Uh, when I get around people like at SRF, it, uh, it is very, uh, I don't feel like an introvert. I feel as though when I'm around people, like-minded people that uh, actually come out of my shell more. Uh, so I don't know if it's necessarily introversion or if it's, I don't even know if introversion is a word, but I think it's more, um, Rachel, Rachel says uh, she is actually an introvert. She gets her energy from being alone. I um I do too. I I do too. I really enjoy being alone. I enjoy being alone alone. I enjoy being uh, alone with Corey. Uh, but man, I've really found um, I've been shocked at how much how much I enjoy being around those like-minded people. So I don't know. I think uh, I think it's a it's a borderline there and everybody for themselves. But I think uh, I think a lot of people have really um, come to not like people because of the people they were around, not necessarily because they're around people. If that makes sense. Uh, probably not. <coughs> one last one to talk about here. Uh, Corey, Corey weighed in and said, quiet, loyal and caring and that is definitely uh that is definitely her she sits over there like a little quiet mouse and uh and doesn't doesn't say much when she does it's it's very um usually very thoughtful or very funny uh she she comes out with some things and when she when she speaks up uh i definitely listen or try to but she doesn't speak up very much so miss a lot of the stuff she says because it's just out of the blue uh, loyal, loyal for sure. Loyal to a fault, almost uh, at some points, and caring. Um, man, you should see her around animals and people, but uh, animals, uh, animals more than uh, people for sure. Uh, well, at least select people. And uh, yeah, so quiet, loyal, and caring. Anyway, that's the perfect cup question for today. Question again: What was 
what are uh, three words that describe you best and why? What are three words that describe you best and why? Canadian Farmstead with a good morning, Corey, shout out uh, with the Corey's answers. So um, <laughs> because Kyle isn't here to say it. Yeah. What's up with Kyle? Um, did he get all upset yesterday when I didn't do Tinfoil Tuesdays and decided he had to protest the show? had to have another week off i'll try to do it again next week hopefully people can pass the apology on to kyle anyway this has been another episode of the perfect cup uh daily question where we throw out the question on social media and the telegram channel the day before guys i got a sneeze coming i'm sorry <laughs> i'm trying to avoid it uh and uh then i circle around the next morning and grab up the answers and <laughs> this is a circus in this camper right now i gotta tell you uh <laughs> go around sweep up all the answers and present them to you uh check out keep an eye out for that question today it'll be posted after the show and uh after all the processing everything is uploaded again it's been a perfect cup and now back to the main show wow wow Super distracted this morning. I don't know. It's uh, it's just a weird one. This uh, this is this is not the normal for the last couple of days. I don't know if it's because Corey Corey started work a little early this morning. I got a big thing coming up today, so Corey's only working a half day. I'm gonna I get to be on TSP today. Uh, that's a cool that's a cool thing I've uh, wanted to do for a long time. I finally finally felt that there was stuff I had to I wanted to say or had to say on a program like that. So I applied and uh, today is the day, noon central. If you want to check it out live or if you listen to it every day, then uh, tomorrow when you download it, you'll hear me in the in your earbuds when listening to the Survival Podcast. So excited about that. Uh, so Corey's up working early. So I think the routine's off a little bit and the dogs don't know what to do. So. They are literally in the back wrestling, shaking the whole camper, jumping up and down. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, I mean, not much more. Not much more I can say about it. Uh, anyway, let's get to that history segment. Pip put together a history segment for today, as always. As always. So let's hit that history segment for July 26, 2023. July 26. 2023. It's July 26th, and it's the 207th day of the year, 158 days remaining until the end of the year. We have a, a few nuggets of wiki. Here's lots of history. This day, July 26th, 1775, the office that would later become the post, United States Post Office Department is established by the Second Continental Congress. Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania takes over takes office of postmaster general the predecessor of the united states postal service in the form of the cabinet department officially from 1872 to 1971 it was headed by the postmaster general pips notes i wonder what a stamp is worth from back then i used to collect stamps well i collected them very shortly um family members collected them and then i got kind of into it and then i sold them all but yeah Stamps, stamps were interesting for a microsecond in my world. Uh, this day, July 26, 1908, United States Attorney General Charles Joseph Bonaparte issues an order to immediately staff the office of the chief examiner, later renamed the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Thanks, man. Thanks. He was a descendant of the House of Bonaparte. His grandfather was Jerome Bonaparte, brother of the Emperor Napoleon. Bonaparte was the U.S. Secretary of the Navy and later the U.S. Attorney General. During his tenure as Attorney General, he created the Bureau of Investigation, which now is the FBI. Bonaparte was one of the founders and for a time the president of the National Municipal League. He was also a longtime activist for the rights of black residents of his native city of Baltimore. The FBI established today. Mm -hmm. This day in 1947 in the Cold War, U.S. President Harry S. Truman signs the National Security Act of 1947 into United States law, creating the Central Intelligence Agency. 
the United States Department of Defense, United States Air Force, Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the United States National Security Council. Wow. Wow. One stroke of the pen, and we got all that goodness. The CIA, the Department of Defense, the Air Force, the Joint Chiefs of Staffs, and the Security Council. <laughs> Aren't we lucky? The legislation that was a result of efforts by Harry S. Truman beginning in 1944. President Truman proposed the legislation to Congress in February 26th of 1947. Three years to get all that bullshit put in. And Pip's notes, gee, thanks a lot. <laughs> this day, July 26, 1989, a federal grand jury indicts Cornell University student Robert T. Morris Jr. for releasing the Morris worm, thus becoming the first person in it to be prosecuted under the 1986 Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. One of the oldest computer worms distributed via the internet and the first to gain significant Significant mainstream media attention. Pips notes there's a 3.5 computer hard drive disk, hard disk drive in a glass case. Man, I feel old. Yeah, I remember getting that Apple IIe home when mom was on vacation from school and uh, unloading the enormous thing out of the back of her car so I could play Oregon Trail. This day, July 26, 2016, Solar Impulse 2 becomes the first solar-powered aircraft to circumnavigate the Earth. Twelve stops were originally planned along the route with pilots Borsberg and Picard alternating. At each stop, the crew awaited good weather conditions along the next leg of the route. For most of the time, airborne Solar Impulse 2 cruised at a ground speed of between 50 and 100 kilometers per hour, which is 31 to 62 miles per hour usually at the slower end of the range at night to save power. Solar plane, I guess it was. Happy birthdays. Let's see who was born today. Happy birthday, July 26th, 1838. Silas Soul, American soldier and whistleblower of the Sand Creek Massacre. An American abolitionist, military officer, and conductor on the Underground Railroad, Soul was in command of the 1st Colorado Cavalry, Company D, that was present at Sand Creek and the massacre of Native Americans that occurred there on November 29, 1864. He testified at a U.S. military hearing that convened in February 1865 to investigate the event in retaliation for doing so. What was he given for his uh, for his willingness to uh, convict a bunch of army uh, people that killed brown people? He was murdered two months later. Weird. This day, July 26, 1890, Daniel J. Coughlin was born, American Admiral Medal of Honor recipient, United States Naval officer who received the Medal of Honor posthumously for his actions during the Naval Battle of Guadalcanal. Guadalcanal. In three-decade-long career, he served his country in two wars. This day, July 26, 1926, Dorothy E. Smith, Canadian sociologist, a British-born Canadian ethnographer, feminist studies scholar, sociologist, and writer with research interests in a variety of disciplines. These include women's studies, feminist theory, psychology, and educational studies. July 26, 1973, Kate Beckinsale, English actress and English actress and model, after some minor television roles, her film debut was Much Ado About Nothing from 1993, while a student at the University of Oxford. Pip's Notes, Van Helsing or Underworld or Click. <laughs> who kicked off today? Let's see who died this day, July 26, July 26, 1915. James Murray, Scottish lexicographer, lexicographer, and philologist. <laughs> wow. He was the primary editor of the Oxford English Dictionary from 1879 until his death. Wow. Um, weird. The guy that uh, edited the dictionary had these fancy names. <laughs> this day, July 26, 1934, Windsor McKay, American cartoonist, animator, producer, and screenwriter. He's best known for the comic strip Little Nemo from 1905 to 1914 and 1924 to 1926 and the animated film Gertie the Dinosaur in 1914. For contractual reasons, he worked under the pen name Silas on the comic strip Dream of the Rare Bit Fiend. 
interesting, interesting. 1971, July 26, 1971, Diane Arbus died, American photographer and academic. She photographed a wide range of subjects, including strippers, carnival performers, nudists, people with dwarfism, children, mothers, couples, elderly people, and middle-class families. Check her stuff out, for sure. Check her stuff out. This day, July 26, 2004, William A. Mitchell died, American chemist, created Pop Rocks and Cool Whip. Sounds like a good Friday night to me, guys. Um, an American food chemist who, while working for General Food Corporation between 1941 and 1976, was the key inventor behind Pop Rocks, Tang, Cool Whip, and Powdered Egg Whites. During his career, he received over 70 patents. In 1956, he tried to create instantly self-carbonating soda, which results in the creation of Pop Rocks. Although Pop Rocks weren't sold until 1975, he received a patent number 3012893 for its manufacturing process in 1961. In 1957, he invented a powdered fruit-flavored vitamin-enhanced drink mix that became known as Tang-flavored crystals. NASA started using Tang in 1962 in their space program. Ooh, let's see. July 26, 19, or 2017, June Foray, American voice actress. An American voice actress. She was best known as the voice of such animated characters as <coughs> Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Natasha Fatale, Nell Fenwick, Lucifer from Disney Cinderella, Cindy Lou Who, Jokey Smurf, and Granny from the Warner Brothers. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, holidays today, July 26th. Holidays, Pip says not much. Uh, National Day of Significance. Wait, wait. In Barbados today, it is the National Day, Day of National Significance. Literally, they could not come up with a better name for the holiday to celebrate a day of the year other than saying, well, this day is significant for our nation. So it's a holiday. What? Anyway, it's the Day of National Significance in Barbados, Day of National Rebellion in Cuba. Cheers, humans. Do stuff. Thanks, Pip. Pip from Duction Cups. Duction Cups, if you didn't watch that Duction Cups interview from the other night, uh, from Monday night, you should, need, you should check it out. Pip and the crew, Lisa, AJ, Pip, they all showed up and we talked about how Duction Cups came to be and where the plans are going from now. So check that out. Lots to talk about with the Duction Cup crew. It was a fun time for sure. Thanks, Pip. And as always, if you enjoy the history segment, check out DuctionCups.com slash lots. Or DuctionCups.com. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Pip says, happy Monday, humans. I guess it's a, a, a Pippin Monday. I think Pip... I think Pip uh, gets Monday, Tuesday off, back at it on Wednesday. Uh, in the background, throwing around parts. Fun, 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 fun. Well, that's history and the perfect cup. Here we are at 28 minutes after after the hour. And uh, what do we got to talk about? Talking about this list of stuff, man. List of stuff. It has been a... A difficult journey, let's say, for the three weeks. We're almost done. We have two more travel days. We'll be back to our quote-unquote home base. And uh, from what it looks like, it's probably going to be home base until spring. Uh, we might venture out to uh, do a few things. We have a few ideas that we want to possibly accomplish this winter. But the main thing is going to be to sit down to experience a Tennessee winter, see if that's where we're going to buy base property number one. Um, kind of that, uh, I've explained it before, where we want to find that property that if need be, we can make it all year round, um, just make it through. Uh, so heating, cooling, survivable area. Uh, that wouldn't have been Minnesota. If we say something goes wrong with the trailer, something goes wrong with the truck, uh, and we needed someplace to go and survive. Um, the most moderate temperatures would probably, that we've found so far, probably would be Tennessee. Uh, so far, you know, we might find something else, but uh, man, the, the, 
the summers are warm. Uh, they're a little warmer than Minnesota. Um, uh, Rachel says it's summer. I couldn't do in Tennessee. Yeah, but I can take clothes off. I can take clothes off. I the amount of energy that it saves to be in Tennessee in the winter compared to Minnesota uh, is is just unbelievable. The amount of energy to just heat the home, just keep yourself warm enough to survive is just, it's silly. Um, and then if you're trying to do anything else as far as animals or uh, veg production or grow food or anything like that, uh, just it, it's it the effort is uh is way, the juice is is way less than the squeeze let's just say that uh but then in the summer uh in the summer I, we would we talked to the in-laws and um we talked to the in-laws and it's just as hot there like i mentioned earlier this morning in canada the, i saw pictures of 44c over 110 degrees fahrenheit in canada <laughs> well i mean yeah well, you got to deal with it then, too. So we're trying to find that middle ground. Um, I can't do Texas summer. Uh, Rachel says, we've, we've been just about naked on, at the land in this heat and humidity. Yeah, Minnesota winters are worse than northern Michigan for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, I just need to be somewhere. Like, I can't do Texas. We realize we love Texas winters. We absolutely love them. Uh, it was fantastic. It was the first time in probably 20 years that my body didn't hurt in February and March just from being cold constantly for three months. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. But I talked to Josh right now and I'm not doing 106 every day and 90 before light and that kind of bullshit. So um, let's see. Mike says... Uh, Mike Philippi Nomad, morning, by the way. He says, big big storming typhoon up at this place. Uh, we're all good, safe and dry at the hotel Airbnb in our neighborhood. Flooded out last night at the house. Have to head back and check out the place. Have uh... Oh, man, Mike, I hope everything is good over there. Uh, keep us updated. Keep us updated for sure. Uh, Rachel asked if we're going to do a homestead again. Um, yes and no. Uh, yes and no, I would say. Kind of our plans right now is we want to find that base property. We want to get uh, some sort of structure on it. Um, in the line, in the views of a prepper, I would guess I would call it a bug out location. Uh, someplace that we feel comfortable that we could go any time of year, like I was explaining, uh, and make it happen. Have enough of a small supply of wood, maybe a wood stove and, uh, you know, some solar fans or whatever to, to beat the heat and the cold in that moderate climate. Uh, homestead, um, low maintenance, uh, being able to walk away. So animals, yes and no, uh, all different scenarios that we have considered, uh, camp hosts doing like running a homestead for us where we're at, but we really want to be able to have different properties, uh, all over the country in different climates and kind of move with the weather if possible. Uh, elevation helps in summer. So maybe a mountain property for the summer and a Texas property for the winter. And then that uh, fallback main property in that more moderate climate. Homestead, maybe. I mean, uh, I can see it for sure. We, we dedicated a year uh, to doing this kind of wandering um, and, uh, and exploring after that, I don't know. Uh, we do miss we do miss the animals. We do miss the homestead. We miss that um, that accomplishment of doing that. Corey misses the care of the animals. I'm sure uh, is is another reason we do miss the the food, the food security, and those things. The trade off of the adventure and uh, experiencing the country is has been phenomenal, and I think we'll continue to do it for a while. I don't think we're ready to say, "Yeah, let's uh, let's buy our property and sit still." I think it's more of a buy and develop multiple properties and see what sticks. We have, uh, yeah, like I said, there's a there's a list of. Um, um, <laughs> all right, yeah, okay. Rachel says. Um, we're going to try snowbirding. Kid is going to care for the stuff while we're gone. At least that's the plan. Yeah. So 
with um, hip camps, I have uh, a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of pushback, but when I talk to people about using a secondary property, someplace that they're not at um, often or ever, and their concerns is security at, uh, at their site and, uh, you know, who's going to watch my stuff and there's people going there and this and that. Um, you know, my first, my first answer is, well, who's watching it now? Uh, yeah, I get there's more traffic there when you're advertising it. People are getting the address. And there's ways to uh, kind of shadow that address until someone actually books the site. Yeah, but I've always, since that first time I got that question, it was a matter of how do I overcome this argument? And that's sales. You know, you, you come up with a question that somebody has asked and you come up with an answer. And uh, one of those answers was, you know, if you have an offsite property and it's big enough, if it's a couple acres that you can have a site for someone to stay at, there are quite a few people out there that uh, would be interested in doing work uh, for in exchange for rent. Uh, there would be, be a plenty of those people that are like-minded individuals that are permaculture focused, that are uh, maybe looking to do PDCs or or develop a project and document it uh, as a camp host and a developer of the property. Uh, contracted, obviously, but able to keep an eye on things and keep things going when you're not there. Uh, obviously, it would be pretty, pretty, I don't want to say strict, but uh, developed plan. Uh, XYZ needs to be done or you're out, that kind of thing. But uh, that is kind of like Rachel is saying that uh, kid going to care for stuff while you're gone. Uh, set amount of times and um, just people to keep an eye on things and make things better while they're there in exchange for a place to park and uh, and kind of have a place to live. So it's in the works. It's in the works. It's kind of the plan that we're looking at for our properties and then uh, kind of those services to offer to anyone else that is considering doing something but has those offsite concerns of, well, how are things going to get done? How are we going to make sure X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. So that is kind of the plan that we came up with that. So, you know, that's the first property. Once we find that pr first property to purchase and we've always held to the fact that we wanted to experience those places in all the seasons. Well, we've gotten Tennessee in spring and fall ish uh, spring for sure. Uh, definitely going into this fall summer, we've been there and we just haven't experienced uh, a large majority of winter. So that's kind of the plan when we get back is to sit um, through the winter, see how it is, see how it is in the camper, see how it is with our little wood stove. Uh, obviously, if we had a structure there and it was an emergency, it would be much more efficient. It would be smaller, more well insulated and uh, have a, have probably this stove. We'd probably end up having to pull it out and put it into what we want because I don't think we're going to put one in just to have it there. But um, it would be way more efficient. Camper is not very efficient for heating. It's it's uh, it is what it is. But if we can survive it, if we can survive winter in the cabin, we know that or in the camper, we know that uh, living here in the winter would be fairly fairly comfortable so that's the plan we might shoot out um might shoot out we want to we want to get down and cross uh, louisiana off our list of states to stay in uh on our trip down to texas we we had to skip uh, louisiana for some reasons uh we were looking at um camps down there and we can do it in like a, a weekend uh even traveling lightly we can scoot down there one stop and then stay in Louisiana for however long we want, come back up to Tennessee. So we might do that at some point during the winter. We also are wanting to make a swing through the Southwest. Not sure if that's going to be this winter, but uh, because we do want to spend the majority of the time in Tennessee to, to experience it, uh, we want to roll out and do a, uh, a road trip out to the Southwest, New Mexico, Arizona, hit those states. I think uh, the only states we have left west of the Mississippi after we get Louisiana would be New Mexico, Arizona, California, Oregon, and Utah, Nevada. So six of them left. So um, K-Bong's wondering, you thinking East, Middle, or West Tennessee? Right now, we really, we really don't mind West Tennessee. Um, 
we've been over to Eastern Tennessee. Uh, I wouldn't even say Eastern. Uh, Central Eastern Tennessee is about as far over as we've gone. Next spring into summer, we have some guy up in New Hampshire that we're gonna we're gonna have to go take a peek at. Uh, hopefully, go up and visit him on a road trip up there. So we'll be traveling through um, East Tennessee, and I'm sure I'm sure in the winter, if we're staying put, we'll uh, we'll make we'll make a few jaunts over there. Uh, we should probably go over and check out Carrie's place over in Knoxville and things like that. So. Lots of people to visit, lots of uh, weekend roadies, but uh, with the dog, man, it just makes it tough. Dogs, our dogs, uh, our dogs are our linchpin in a lot of plans, and um, it's interesting. So we're making do for now, <laughs> making do. Uh, but anyway, that fix it list. When we get back, we're gonna sit down, I'm gonna park that trailer, and uh, take some time to really go through the things that uh, failed for us, uh, things that we want to look into or things that were already broken that uh, just didn't have an opportunity to uh, get rectified before we left. Uh, on that list, uh, man, I got a lot of mud to clean off. Um, if you hadn't listened, if you didn't listen last week, we uh, definitely got stuck on a big old muddy road in, in Colorado. It's going to be a lot of cleaning. Uh, we do have water there, so I can hook up a hose and, and spray everything down. But uh, the whole bottom, underside of the camper, the front, the sides, everything, it just needs to be cleaned. Uh, after any road trip, probably should be cleaned anyway. Uh, so there's that mud. I have a, um, I have to figure out the screens in this camper. So our big fat dog heads like to poke out the screens. Um, they get excited. They're very good uh, 95% of the time. 95% of the time, they're good. They'll stay in. Uh, every once in a while, they get really excited. And it's usually when we're both outside and a head will poke out the screen. Nose, big nose. They just don't know how strong they are. And it's they're not very hard to poke out. But the problem is um, the screen frame, I can't figure out how to get them out. I can't figure out how to get them out of the tracks. I've watched YouTube videos. I've read articles. Um, it appears to me that you have to take the whole damn window out. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to fix screens just for them to poke their head back out through them. So I'm trying to figure out how to get these out or how to repair the screens without removing the track. That's going to be, um, that'll be one of the priorities when we get back or one of the, one of the things I work on, if it doesn't get done or figured out by winter, then the windows are usually closed and it, it is a mute point for a while again, but, uh, trying to fix those screens. I got to lube up the window tracks. We have sliding tracks back and forth that uh, get full of dust and whatever debris, uh, those need to be lubed. There's some special window track lube that we use, um, <laughs> K-Bong says screen within a screen. I have, I've literally thought about just, I have screen. I have loose screen, a uh, roll of screen in the truck. Uh, I've actually considered just patching it over and like taping it <laughs> just because the dogs, just because the dogs would poke it back out anyway. Uh, would look pretty redneck, but uh, I'm okay with that for sure. So I got to lubricate these uh, window tracks. They get really hard to open and close once the once it gets built up and dry in there. There's a dry silicone lube we use to get that um, get that done. Oh, by the way, good morning, Kyle. I saw your uh, I saw your message. I'm glad you finally made it. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Um, one of the things I have to look into when we took off this trip, Corey was noticing that uh, some of the the siding on the driver's side of the camper is kind of um, fluctuating in the wind. It's pulsing in the wind. Is that what you would call it? Um, it's just kind of like bubble, not bubbling out, well, bubbling out, pushing out. Uh, and she hadn't noticed it before. And so she noticed it on both sides, but then she noticed it more on the one side. Uh, and it kind of uh, went away on the, on the passenger side of the camper. And so I looked into it and I've been kind of like poking around. I don't want to dig too much into something like that on the road because I don't want to be trying to repair something in limited time with limited supplies. But uh, the more I poked around and looked at it, I think I've figured out what's going on and I'm trying to decide how to fix it. Um, we installed, so our garage, our, what we call our garage is like the pass, 
pass-through compartment uh, in the front of the camper. You see them all the time. There's like a little uh, oval door that flips up, and then there's storage under there. Well, the clips that came with our camper, all, you know, 2014 model, is a little clip, clamshell clip. You flip the, you flip the door up, and you open the clip, and then the tension holds it. Um, it's like a kickstand almost. Well, they're a pain in the ass. Um, I always forget to, to grab it and unlatch it. Right after we got it, uh, man, I just grabbed the garage and pulled it down and broke the clip. Uh, instead of installing that same type of clip, I went with a magnet. So there's a magnet on the back of the door. There's a magnet up where it swings open and the magnets touch and it holds the door open. When you're done, you grab the door, you give it a little tug and it releases from the magnet. You shut the door and lock it. <clears throat> We've loved them. Absolutely loved them. Um, I think it's causing my issue with my siding. <laughs> uh, I was I was going to shut the garage door the other day and I pulled on the garage door and the siding kind of bowed a little bit. And I realized that I think from the constant pulling and detaching of that strong magnet, it has kind of loosened the siding up. So um, definitely a standard operating procedure now is to hold the siding when you pull the garage door. In the meantime, um, I'm trying to decide if I just need to, to run a screw and seal the screw up right under the right under the magnet to kind of hold it a little better to give it a little back pressure. I don't know. It doesn't seem imperative. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to come loose, hopefully in the next two knock on wood, man. Like I'm hoping we get back to Tennessee. Uh, we have two more travel days and uh, then I can address this. I don't want to be running screws through the wall of the camper here, but if I have to, I will. Um, let's see. So I got to take care of that and figure out, um, how to move forward with that, how to get it secured. Let's see. Um, yeah, the hole I put in the camper the other day uh, by falling against the camper holding a can of bug spray. Uh, I've kind of, uh, I think I've addressed that enough uh, for the trip. For sure, I had some old and it was partially dried up silicone, which is actually better uh, for what I needed it. But I was able to, it was like a big um, a C cut out of, of the siding like it the corner the bottom edge of a of a, a hair or a bug spray can like an off can uh if you can picture that cutting a, a c into my siding um uh so <laughs> uh <laughs> somebody it looked like a c there so i was like well what am i going to do i needed to seal it up uh, i didn't know if it was going to rain or moisture driving or catching the wind while driving so i was digging through my stuff and i had an old old tube of silicone that i'd used to seal the sink in the kitchen uh and i tried to seal it up and i was pretty sure it wasn't going to work uh that it was going to dry out i was going to have to use a new tube so I was like, well, I'll check it out so I, I got it out uh put it in the cock gun it wouldn't push out so i was like ah it's dry took a utility knife and opened it up. And there was a section in the middle that wasn't quite solid. It was almost like a uh, silly putty. And I was able to smear it in the gap and it filled. It didn't like, uh, it didn't like, it wasn't like you were using it in a cock gun. It, it was like putty and it filled that. I was able to smooth it out. It's still a little tacky. So I don't think it's a permanent solution, but it filled it and it sealed the gap for now uh, until I get home. I think I'll probably end up just getting some sealant and putting a thin coat and smoothing it. And uh, it looks uh, it looks okay now. And we're uh, obviously, Corey and I are not all about looks by, by any stretch of the imagination. So as long as it gets sealed and uh, travels well, it's okay with me. So I got to fix that whole uh, trailer light. Um, let's see, that would be the trailer light in the front of the camper. We had, we never even used it. It hasn't worked since we bought the camper, but it got uh, it got hit by the corner of the truck when we were backing up in a in a bumpy field, or actually turning in a bumpy field. So I need to pull that off and either seal it up or replace it. I might replace it and uh, have a light up there. Corey and I are going back and forth, going, "Well, what would we use it for?" And I'm not sure because I, the aftermarket trailer jack I put in had an extra light on it, so I don't even know if I need that light. 
Uh, I got a bent stabilizer I got to replace. Um, our driver door lock in our truck hasn't worked since we bought the truck, I don't think. And uh, I need to fix that. Corey, Corey uh, always asked me to lock the doors. And, you know, I think she asked me enough that I'm just going to fix the door lock in the truck. Um, I need to put together a tote for our blocks. I uh, realized that the tote I had, it was like Jenga putting them in there every time. Jenga, is that the one where you, uh, uh, Tetris, Tetris. I always get Tetris and Jenga. I want to call them the wrong thing. But uh, I have to test all the blocks for uh, under the stabilizer jacks and the trailer jack into this tote. Um, I'm going to standardize my block size. I'm going to make it so that uh, it all fits in there. I just have random blocks here and there that I picked up from the farm before we left. I just got to cut them all the same length so they all fit in there better. And it's not a nightmare trying to uh, piece them in there when we're trying to hit the road. So that's uh, on my list is to make a general block tote. I've seen some really cool storage ideas on TikTok lately for campers uh, involving ammo boxes and U-bolts, which uh, I might explore a little bit. Uh, I got to hit up the seals. All the seals in the camper need to be um, lubricated and conditioned with uh, seal conditioner. I'm going to be making videos, all of this, hopefully, guys, as I do it um, to see how I do it. And you guys can tell me how wrong I've done it or uh, or follow follow along and do it yourselves. Uh, truck tailgate all of a sudden stopped working while we we're while we we're on the road. So I get to dig into that. Uh, I was not going to try to empty the back of the truck enough to get in there to pull the pull it apart and see why it wasn't working. But I lubed it up and it still didn't work. So I imagine I have something sticking or a cable broken in there. Um, and then our air conditioning. <laughs> I get to figure that out. Air conditioning is quote unquote working right now. Uh, it's working when we're plugged into shore power. Um which is good. And it's kind of working when we're plugged into shore power. It blows really good. It runs really good until it hits the temp set that it's the thermostat set at. Once it hits that, it's all bets off. Sometimes the compressor shuts off, doesn't come back on. So it just blows warm air. Sometimes the fan kicks off. So it doesn't blow any air, uh, barely any air, but you can tell it's still running. It is what it is at that point. Like, um, when we have it set all the way down, it gets that cold. It's not a horrible thing that it uh, that it turns off, but it usually happens in the middle of the night. So you start getting warm, you got to get up, you got to deal with it. Uh, that's okay. As long as it's cooling and stays on, I'm okay with that. Our bigger issue is since we got the camper, since we got our generator, we've been testing running the air conditioner on the generator. I got a soft start, put in the air conditioner. Uh, it worked great. Uh, our generator was big enough, barely big enough with the soft start um, and a couple things on in the camper, this and that, to run the air conditioner. Something has happened with the air conditioner, and I don't know. I have it I have it down to it needs to be cleaned. Um, the compressor is going bad or the, the fan motor uh, is going bad. But something after it comes on, so my troubleshooting has watched... I haven't figured this out yet and I haven't really gone down the path because my multimeter is packed away in the very front of the, the bed of the truck. So in order to avoid getting that out, we've kind of made it work for now, but I need to figure out where my, um, my, my power spike is coming from because it comes on, it cools. And then at some point after the first cooling cycle has begun, so everything that would need a power surge from the capacitor, that's another thing. But my soft start is my capacitor at this point. So I don't think that's going bad because it actually starts. But at some point, there's a secondary power surge that is going above the overkill or the kill point of my generator. So that's going to take some troubleshooting. I really couldn't troubleshoot it when I was running it on the generator because I couldn't get enough information because as soon as it happened, it killed the generator and I didn't have my multimeter out. Uh, we got to our next location that had power. We ran it and it worked fine. So we kind of rolled with it. And when we get back to Tennessee, we have shore power there and I'll be able to do some troubleshooting and get some readings and really dive into what actually is going on with the air conditioner. 
hopefully get that fixed. Hopefully don't have to replace it. Hopefully be able to repair it or just clean it out um, more than I already have. If I have to replace it, then we'll go down that line. We'll find out if we want to replace it with a like unit, if we want to go to something else, uh, like a mini split or a different size air conditioner or what we want to do. But hopefully, hopefully uh, it is a repairable item. And uh, even if I got to have to repair the unit itself, I could do that uh, without changing the whole thing out. So that's kind of like my fix it list, you know, a really, really short and compact list of things to do. Uh, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be busy because we got a lot of stuff to do. Also, when we get back at Tennessee, got a lot of projects we want to do over at Toolman Tim's property. Uh, Tim's going to be coming down from Canada for a couple months, I think, uh, here at the end of August uh, through the end, middle of October. So we'll be able to get some hands-on work in over there and work on some things with him. So that'll be good. And it'll be a nice fall in Tennessee, I think, and uh, maybe jaunt out and do a little traveling, but uh, really focus on building some stuff and uh, and and getting some stuff rolling in uh, on the interwebs and our brands and things like that. So should be fun. Should be fun to follow around, along and uh, lots of content coming out if you're into uh, that type of stuff. Uh, anyway, let's hit that item of the day. Item of the day today is the Stanley Boyle & Brew 32-ounce Camping French Press. This is my secondary camp French press. I use the Mueller stainless steel every day for my daily needs. Uh, if I'm out and about or something happened to my Mueller or we have guests, uh, any of those scenarios, the Stanley Boyle and Brew comes in handy. Uh, Carrie Brown came and visited for a while and uh, was outside. He, uh, he did some outside camping while we were there. And so I grabbed him that Boyle and Brew and my Jet Boyle Mighty Mo. He was able to make some coffee right outside. All he needed was some water. The water boils right in the container. You add the coffee, you press it, and it's all in one. Great for camping and uh, great for making a great pot of coffee, especially this coffee from Food Forest Farms. So check that out. Anyway, the video uh, video description and the audio description have links to the blog post and the item and on item on Amazon. If you don't need a new French pass for camping or uh, or mobile use, and you still got to do some Amazon shopping today, consider clicking on that link anytime you click on one of our Amazon affiliate links and then buy something else. We still get credit for the item you buy, even if it's not the item that you click on. Gets us in that tracking and every little bit helps. So we appreciate that. Spread those links around, share the posts that you find on social media and help us grow. Announcements, interviews coming up. Uh, TSP today, like I mentioned, excited for that. Uh, noon Central, get to chat with Jack uh, on TSP. Cool, cool, because I've been listening to the show for, um, I don't know, going on six, seven years now. <coughs> and yesterday, yesterday I recorded the interview that will be released tomorrow night. Uh, Professor Pete Alexander came on to talk about stress. We talked a little bit about stress. We talked about a whole bunch of other stuff. Great chat. Great chat with Professor Pete for an hour. Guy was, uh, guy was great to talk to and really with it and switched on. So definitely going to want to check that out. Professor Pete Alexander, lots to talk about. Let's talk about stress with Professor Pete Alexander tomorrow night. And then Monday night, we will be back to live Monday night. Lots to talk about. And with the one July 31st, I believe it's the 31st. Yes, July 31st, the first one back for live after our little break. Corey and I will be coming on together and uh, doing a little uh, road trip recap. And uh, hopefully we bang it out in an hour or one episode if it goes a little long. If need be, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll roll on to a couple. But that makes us head right into August and back to the normal schedule for lots to talk about. All right, guys. Well, hope you had a great Wednesday morning. I uh, hope you, you survive your hump day. Be sure to check out that perfect cup question. I should post it out a little bit longer or a little bit later this morning after I start processing the show. And oh, as always, I will post that link to the video or the blog post. If you could share that around, share it with anybody you know that would like the show. I appreciate it. I got to get wrapped up now and uh, kind of sit around. Um, uh, yeah, Rachel, live with Jack. Yep, live uh, live with Jack at noon central today. And uh, I appreciate it if you listen. And I hope you have a great day at work and listening to me makes it better. Uh, anyway, guys, 
I will catch you later. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelocksproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. 